All right, hey, this is Brent Leary, and with me today, I don't even think I'm going to say his name right away. I'm just going to do this. Get out of the way. You can see him. You can see him. And and we're going to be talking about this. I want to make sure I get this in frame. The new book from Mr. Brian Solis, Life Scale, How to Live a More Creative, Productive, and I like the last one, Happy Life. Brian, thanks for joining me, man. Hey, any time I get to spend with you <laughs> is time well spent. Coming straight from Lake Tahoe, too, man. You can't beat that. No, in fact, uh, it's a it's a gorgeous day out here. It's actually warm. I had to turn on the fan, uh, and I'm going to sneak out later this afternoon and get my last run on the mountain uh, before they close it for the weekend. But uh, this place is also um, where I wrote LifeScale, so it's wonderful to be here. See, that's really cool, and there's nothing like getting that last mountain run in before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you have written a number of books, and the thing I really like about all your books, we'll talk about life scale in a minute, what I like about all your books is the design. You really put a lot of thought and effort into the look and feel. I mean, the words, of course, but the look and feel, because I think nowadays a lot of books, they're kind of just there, you know, and maybe because there's so many books being read you know, via digital and maybe even audibly, that there's not as much thought put into the actual book, the in-hand book. So I really appreciate what you do with your books, and I really like what you did with LifeScale. Hey, thanks, friend. I'll, I'll tell you a little of the backstory, uh, and it's and it, it kind of ties into you know the meaning of the book itself. Is that in in what's the future business and X. Uh, which were the two previous books, I, that's when I really started to experiment with design. And the intention then was to study how mobile devices were sort of affecting how we consume information. Uh, so what it, what it started to do was rewire our brains to actually be much more dynamic in how we engaged with content and made also, whether we knew it or not, uh, reading a book linearly was was actually growing increasingly difficult because our brains were learning new ways of processing information. So I actually learned UI and UX, uh, wireframing, and we took app design uh, and applied it to paper. Uh, and it was really uh, it was really an experiment to see if, if I could make content not only dynamic, but we all of the things that I learned, like you could ac absolutely do away with the traditional table of contents. We organize it by the way, for example, you might organize your apps on your home screen. Uh, the, the chapter structure wasn't linear. They were just simply grouped together. Uh, so you, you could go in any, any direction you wanted. But this one is even more special because I I was overwhelmed with the just the this book is my first ever personal book uh, and a lot of it was learning and a lot of it was unlearning and I was okay with just having a book uh, because just getting it done was a huge accomplishment for me this time because I was I was struggling with writing what would have been my eighth book uh, and I had to give up on it. But I was so alive after writing this book. I, I wrote 100,000 words. It, it, we cut out 50,000 so that you know what you have there is uh, just 50,000 of what's left. I didn't want to stop learning. And once I finished all of that, I was so on fire that I went back and said, you know what? I do want to design this book and went through the whole process of you know, creativity and happiness are interlinked. And I wanted to show the reader 
what happens when you go through the, the process of the book and, and how creativity comes alive uh, that we turn the we turn the book into an artist's sketchbook so that you kind of feel like as you're turning the pages, you're getting your own ideas, you're feeling like you're immersed in the content and you kind of lose, you blur the line between is this paper or is this a screen? Yeah. Yeah, it did kind of, I felt like touching. <laughs> it was like, do I push a foot? It was really, that, really great. I, that's why I really appreciate it. Um, so you just mentioned that this is the first kind of personal book you've written. You've written a lot of books on business and digital disruption and all sorts of things. Why did you feel like this was the time for you to get a little bit more personal with your writing? It, it, to be honest, it wasn't the book I set out to write. Uh, I tried writing a follow-up to X, uh, and I had bigger aspirations for it, but I couldn't get, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get past the proposal, uh, and I, I hired an editor to kind of help me build it out. And you know, the edits just kept coming back. Like this isn't as clear as you said it was on the phone, and uh, this isn't coming through. And uh, you know, I just I was going through so many edits that I just lost my passion for it. I got really frustrated for it. And after after six months, I gave up. Uh, and I never quit anything. Uh, but then I started to notice patterns in my research writing because my day job is writing research on disruptive technology and its impact on business and. I was getting similar types of edits back, and I thought, am I, am I stretched too thin? Which, you know, honestly is part of it. We're all a little busy now. Uh, but after a tr tremendous amount of just soul-searching, uh, I ended up realizing that I, I was succumbing to the distractions, the technologies that I had been studying all of these years, uh, that even in the research of designing books, that the persuasive design that goes into a lot of app usage is what actually keeps you coming back to the the devices, the uh, so much research that I just started to do because I wanted answers. I wanted to know what was happening to me. Uh, that I uncovered, for example, a lot of work by Tristan Harris that was showing the effects of persuasive designs, the techniques that they do to make you addicted to the to Facebook or Twitter or to Instagram or Snapchat. Uh, the the really interesting magician secrets revealed are mind blowing, and I just kept taking the research further and further and further, and uh, I gave a presentation at South by Southwest 2018 on the, what I had learned about those design techniques and and what was happening to our bodies and our brains as a result, and the number one question I was getting back from everybody because there was no awareness at least in the mainstream uh, you know um, among mainstream consumers that this is actually what's happening to them that they they said, well, what do we do about it? You know, now that we know, we can't unsee it. What do we do? And I, thought, I don't know. I just, I was just, I, I was just tremendously you know amazed that I was able to get this far. You know, considering that my focus and distraction were so compromised, uh, and ended up then trying to figure it out. What am I, yeah, what are we going to do about this? And so I did what anybody else would do, and it was Google it. <laughs> well, how to fix this problem? And it turns out that a lot of the things that are popular and common are things such as, uh, you know, turn off notifications, uh, delete certain apps, uh, be mindful about when you're scheduling times for you to use those apps, uh, practice meditation uh, or yoga or take up hobbies or go, go on hikes, uh, go to Burning Man, uh, you know, 
all of these things are good ideas, but they were all just sort of addressing the symptoms. Uh, and so I know it's a long answer. I apologize, but uh, I needed the answer still, right? I still had to write that book. My business depends on on books. Speaking depends, you know, very much on on the topic of whatever book is at hand. So I still had to make that happen. And what I ended up doing was tr- going, just learning, learning about ways to 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 understand this, uh, because what happens with the usage of these technologies and we always talk about dopamine hits or oxytocin or or uh, there's six different chemicals that happen when we use these 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 apps and services that it becomes much like an opioid addiction for example or any substance addiction that your body's chemicals are changing as a result and so your body becomes dependent dependent on those chemicals and so i just started doing a lot of research on well what how do you how do you break these habits? How do you take control? And I ended up having to borrow a lot from, you know, uh, 12-step programs. I borrowed a lot from psychology studies and treatments. I borrowed a lot uh, from reverse engineering persuasive design, which goes into a lot of these uh, techniques and inter- intermittent variable rewards. And then just started to stitch together this healing path that I needed to go on. And realized that as I was going through it, if I have to go through all of this work to try to figure out how to fix my life, I wonder if other people are struggling with this. And talked to my publisher about this being the idea for the book, and they went all in. And that's uh, that's the long story short. Now that's awesome, man. Uh, are you surprised? At, I know you probably knew you were distracted because everybody's distracted, right? There's there's I can't think of anybody that isn't distracted with all these different things that we have and these tools and these technologies. Were you uh, surprised at just how distracted you were personally after going through all this? Well, no one's watching this, right? So I could tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I ended up learning uh, more about myself than I was ready to, uh, than I was ready to, uh, it wasn't just the distractions, right? It was the effect of the distractions over what? You know, how long we had iPhones? It's 11 years. Uh, it's the distractions over time and what they do to you. So it's not just your body and your brain. It also changes your center of reference. It changes your presence. Um, it changes your relationships. Uh, it changes uh, your friendships. Uh, I, you, We get so busy and so distracted that we don't even realize that the decisions that we're making about life are kind of based upon our digital lives. Uh, you know, I, I kind of call it selfie aspiration that we create this idea of ourselves online and that actually becomes who we are in the real world, but it's constantly distracted. It's constantly changing. We're constantly moving and that we don't even realize that that center of reference has moved. And so we're making decisions about who we are and who we want to be and how we interact with everybody that we know based on these, these, let's just not call them concrete foundations, but these sort of quicksand foundations. Uh, And they completely change everything. And over time, our values, our our behaviors, uh, our norms, all of these things evolve and change without even realizing it because it's sort of like a – it's like a slow boiling, if you will, like that frog in a a boiling water analogy. Um, So I had had to – I was just surprised at how far off my path I had gotten. And I think what I was really inspired by 
uh, wasn't just how to fix my life, but I, I realized is that pretty much anyone who uses a smartphone or anyone who's on social media is probably going down these paths that they don't necessarily realize. And it was because there was no, there, there, our parents kind of passed down to us the standards that were passed down to them around what success and happiness look like, uh, what we're supposed to, you know, follow life's milestones, right? And it's been kind of pretty common for decades now, right? But then suddenly, boom, we get these new technologies that make us more informed than ever before, that we actually have a voice now and people are following us and we're building networks all around the world. And it's, it's like everybody's become famous all of a sudden and nobody taught us how to deal with any of that because it was nothing that other generations had, had to deal with before and then suddenly we started getting access to information like well is this really happiness are these really life milestones is this really what success looks like and so it became this massive free-for-all and i realized wow if i'm learning about all of these things of who i've become is this really who i want to be uh, is this really happiness? Is this really success? Now that I know all of these things and I have the opportunity to reshape my life and I know that I'm not going to give up digital, it's part of my life anyway, it's my, it's my job, then how am I going to be much more mindful about today's distractions and tomorrow's distractions? How am I going to build a better pillar uh, pillars for my life and where I want to go and my purpose? And how am I going to use technology to be an enabler there? So if I can, if I can do that, if I can define that, then imagine what a manual for life could be today. And that's, I think what life scale ended up becoming was sort of not, you know, just, just the first couple of chapters are about what's happened to us and why, uh, the rest is just about how to take back control and how to put your life path in a, in a direction that's going to be much happier, productive, and creative. So you mentioned that uh, you know we we all are distracted, and you found out a lot of certain things about just how deep your distractions were and the impact of those distractions were on pretty much all aspects of your life. Uh, Probably the average person out there, A, knows, eh, I feel like I'm distracted, but maybe they don't know just how distracted they are. How do you get them to realize that? What in the book helps people to understand, oh, this is way more than just the passing distraction. This sounds like this is a certain kind of uh, addiction. It may not be the traditional addictions that a lot of us are used to and maybe some of us are actually battling, but it sounds like it could be just as, uh, could have just the same kind of negative impacts, even if it's some physical impacts, but emotional impacts, and it could take a toll in a number of ways, but a lot of people just say, ah, this this is nothing like those. What do you say to those folks? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, look, because to, to admit that, right, is like any addiction, that you're, you know, awareness is the first step in, any, in anything, any path to recovery. Uh, so it's a, it's a hard step to take. Uh, what the book does is it walks you through a series of steps that from realization and awareness to allowing you to take control, allowing you to see, allowing you to see what's actually happened without blaming anybody right just it's more like a did you know and so for example 
I hear I hear pushback all the time because to say that you're addicted or to to you're 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 challenging your entire lifestyle, right? Your your norms are based upon how you interact with these devices online and offline, how you how you're present on Facebook, how they even shape your political views and your how you vote and and <laughs> the uh, the news that you believe in that you don't believe, right? I mean, so it's 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 gotten really far along, and it's not like people are going to say like, oh, I totally do that. I'm, I, I should change that, um, but but all I can do is share with with you uh, what are some of the things. Like so, for example, I start off with very light things. Uh, I'm very honest at the beginning, saying you know I don't even remember at what point I I realized I had a problem, and the only reason that I really had to take action is because my creativity was absolutely compromised, and and my job is dependent on that creativity, right? It's what if I'm not original or interesting to the market then there's a lot of other a lot of other great people to choose from uh, so for, i introduce light things like uh you know did you know that the average person spends uh, over four hours a day on their device uh and that when that happens this your brain is rewiring and it's speeding up uh and so that you're then multitasking and in that and when you're multitasking you're not actually multitasking your your brain is engaging what's uh, called a neurochemical switch that's releasing these chemicals so that you can switch from task to task but you're expending that energy and by the end of the day it's depleted uh, and you start the next day fresh again and you just re repeat the cycle over and over again uh, you get up you get upwards of about 200 notifications a day and each time you in, indulge one of those notifications it takes you 23 minutes to get back into the zone of whatever work that you were trying to do so you add that up over time and that's those are all opportunity costs and productivity costs that you can probably put a hard number to uh, I and I just you know, introduce these things, and then I also tell the stories of how those were designed in the apps that you use, so that you're like I had no idea, um, and hopefully empower the reader just you know, as they're turning the pages and say, "Wow, wow, wow!" Uh, now what do I do? And that's that's then that's when we get to work. Okay, so I already started reading the book, and there's, there's a lot of great information. There. There's a lot of great insights. You just mentioned a few of them. So knowing after you read the book, you feel like oh, I do know that I have some issues and I do know how important it is to get over those issues. But how when do you know that? OK, the import, the information is great. All right. How do I actually do this? Because knowing is one thing, but then actually trying to step through it and get away from that addiction it's got to be extremely difficult. We, talk, think about you wrote the book, so you lived the book. Where where do you feel you are in this in this kind of di getting rid of some of these distractions and putting your life into the balance that you're they're looking for? Yeah, it's it, the irony of this is that I had to go right back into the pit of fire uh, to promote the book uh, and to and, and it and in in many ways. You know, it's like if you just quit drinking and then you you have to start going to to mixers. <laughs> to, it's to, all to, around you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I I'm rereading the book. Uh, I there's a lot of exercises in the book that you build upon. Like so, for example, um, one of the first things that I had to do uh, in and I shared it in in the early stages of the book. So I had to come up with what I was calling productivity hacks. Uh, you can't get 
to the deeper exercises in the book if you don't have the attention span uh, and and the emotional commitment to to do it. So you have to build to build up there. You have to start building new routines and 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 uh, rituals to help you get there. And one of the first ones I did was called the Pomodoro technique, which is you focus in. Uh, it's like the kitchen timer. You focus in twenty five minute bursts. And then you take a five minute break, uh, not to go to social media or devices, but just, you know, to breathe, you know, just kind of close your eyes. I don't know. Enjoy some music, whatever it is. And then you come back and you focus for 25 minutes. And then the next thing you know, if you're building that skill to be able to focus and focus, focus. First time I tried it, I kept a little scorecard. First time I tried it, I think I got about three minutes into it and I reached for my phone. And I and it wasn't even it wasn't even because there was a notification. It was just built into my muscle memory. It's just that's what you do. Uh, maybe I should check my feeds. And you realize just how deep the problem is when you put yourselves to those tests. Even before the uh, the, the Pomodoro technique, I think I asked uh, – I can't remember what page it is, but I asked readers to just close their eyes for 60 seconds. And 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 I I said, okay, no, no, seriously, try it again because <laughs> we're <laughs> – you we, it wasn't uh, going to take on the first try. Right? Yeah, it wasn't going to take on the first try. And it's incredibly difficult. I mean, even silence. We don't allow ourselves to enjoy silence. We don't allow ourselves to be bored. It's, we've trained that out of us anymore. You know, like, And those things are really critical for ideation and creativity. And those are the building blocks for innovation, right? And so... I was I was just trying to teach people how to how to build those skills so they can get deeper and deeper into the book, right? And so the hows were um, the hows were all just kind of really setting the stage for I think what was more important, which was getting getting to a vision for what you want your life to be, um, reacquainting yourself with the values that we probably assumed we we had but had probably lost in, our, in how we were actually behaving every single day uh, and the decisions that we were we were making every single day uh, and then building upon that giving your life new purpose so that you could do these hard things and chase these hard things and so I those exercises I, I have in you know, I don't everybody's going to go through it differently but I have physical manifestations of all of those things, and I have them as constant reminders. Uh, to to I, I have um, I'm not wearing it right now, but I created bracelets that I'm going to start to um, offer to readers uh, that remind you of the journey that you're on, so that you can kind of get give yourself strength and validation just from a visual reminder. And I'm also reading the book. Uh, I have it, uh, you know, I have it, you know, ironically on on my iPad. But I take it with me everywhere I go because it's not just the book I, 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 I needed to write. It's the book I needed. Uh, and I, I too, uh, you don't just go through the journey once. Uh, you know, it's a, it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a enlivening and inspiring journey to continue on because essentially what you're doing is you're just building, you're building a stronger self in a world that's only going to get more and more chaotic. So you've written the book and you, you're living the book. Uh, what does it feel like to start being able to get the the benefits of putting some of the things that you wrote in the book into play to free up yourself to, to live a less distracted life? There are, there are uh, so many answers to that. You know, one of, one of the things that one of the things that I realized was that I was living to this idea of success that actually wasn't what I felt like success was. So 
for example, I acquired a lot of material stuff uh, because those were supposed to be symbolic or, or, or milestones or trophies of su- you know, successful accomplishments over the years. And th- that stuff, actually, I didn't recognize it until I started going through the life scale process, but I talk about it in the book, is that that stuff actually carries a cognitive load on all of, you know, like, so for example, I, I, I liked to collect uh, cars over the last 20 years, and I never see them, I never drive them, I never do anything with them, but I always feel guilty about never doing that, I gotta make time for that, and so I was never feeling good about actually owning them, I was just feeling stress and guilt and things that are irrelevant, um, I used to collect pens, the same thing, uh, and so I just started freeing myself of this stuff, right, uh, and just the weight that comes off your shoulders without without even knowing that that's that that was there in the first place was it, it, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's one of the reasons, for example, why the Marie Kondo stuff was so popular uh, is that we're just getting rid of things that are actually cognitive loads on who we are, and, and it actually affects our health and wellness, whether we know it or not. And the same is true for our digital diets and consumption, right? So if you think about your browser tabs, how many browser tabs do people have all the time, right? And if you think about the metaphor for what that's doing to your computer, your system resources that it takes to have all of those tabs open, that's exactly what's happening to your brain and your body is that we're, we're keeping that cognitive load constantly going. So things like, things like that um, are, have manifested in my life. But I'll tell you the other thing, too, is that just becoming more present and mindful allows to just enjoy other people more or to enjoy space or surroundings and experiences more. Uh, I've already noticed that I'm spending more time with my children instead of saying, yeah, I'm going to get to that, right? Uh, I'm I'm actually finding uh, more time with my my wife. Uh, I'm I'm spending more quality time doing the things that I said I was always going to do, you know, which I never got to. Uh, The other thing is that I'm, I'm, I just, I'm more creative again, you know, I'm, and it doesn't have to be creative with the big C, you know, it's it, little C creativity, right, is, I'm like, so I, I carry this Apple pencil, and I'm not an artist in any way, but I draw, uh, I draw out my ideas, and I just get into the habit of doing that, because you're teaching your brain new things, you're rewiring your brain every time you do those things, and so, I don't know, I just, I, all of these things add up to be, just being not only present, but much more alive, and then I also think that, as a result, I hope my family likes me more, <laughs> you know, that they see it uh, in me, uh, and so that's, and all that stuff just takes practice, but it's, it's it's not even done yet, I'm still going through all of these things, I'm still churning out stuff that I don't need, I'm learning new ways to live life, I'm learning new ways to find happiness, and that I think it's 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 only getting better. And it sounds like as time goes on and as technologies change and as situations change, this is going to be something that's not a one and done process. This is basically a lifestyle change in perpetuity, basically. Yep. 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 That's what that's that's behind the name of the book. It was about scaling the life that you want. And always recognizing that as you grow, and this was what was really interesting too, is that we tend to have these life goals for ourselves and we try to work to those things. And what's really interesting is that as you start to make progress towards those goals, you start to realize you you become much more mindful. Your brain is working in different ways. You're feeling and seeing things differently. You, 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 You may even realize 
that's not the goal you wanted in the first place. And that's the beauty of, of those steps is that you're actually becoming more aware and more awake about life and what matters. And so every time you take another step, you might change those goals and you take new steps and you find new things. And so the whole purpose is that you're constantly growing and you're learning and unlearning. And I think, hey, at the end of the day, we're, there's, there's nothing wrong with becoming students of life, right? There's nothing wrong with learning every single day. In fact, in one of the chapters, I talk about how learning and creativity is literally the fountain of youth to the point where now a lot of senior living facilities are bringing art and bringing creativity. Uh, and they're seeing the health impacts. Or they're seeing the liveliness of, 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 of everybody just literally coming to life again. Uh, so it's, a, it's, a, it's scaling a life that just keeps getting better every day. All right, Brian, man, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're out there. Probably would rather be on the mountain at Lake Tahoe than sitting there talking to me, but I really appreciate it. And where can people get the book one more time? Well, uh, hopefully uh, hopefully they want to go on the journey uh, with us, and it's at lifescaling.me. Uh, but it's also in any bookstore, uh, you know, whether it's online or your local bookstore. Uh, and you could follow the, try to create a much more productive conversation online that continues the learning journey. Uh, so life scale uh, is once you go to the website, you'll see other places to follow. And then my, my site is briansolis.com and I'm pretty much at briansolis on all the platforms.